Hey, everybody, before we get you into this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey, we want to give a big shout out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, who were recently given access to the Meta Store. That has been something they have been trying to achieve for a long time. And right now, in your VR headset, if you go to the Meta Store, guess what's there? NHL Sense Arena. You no longer have to go to their website to download the game. We've said it many times on this show. We love what Sense Arena is able to provide for you, the listener, to your young hockey player in a VR way to experience the game like never before. And as you can imagine, now that they're on the Meta Store, things have changed a little bit. We are now offering 10% off an annual plan of NHL Sense Arena. When you use the code, and you might want to write this one down, HNS-72A36D. Leave it to Facebook for an ad like that. HNS-72A36D. And that will get you 10% off your annual plan of NHL Sense Arena on the Meta Store. But without any further ado, let's dive into this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey right now. Super special edition of Our Kids Play Goalie today. We got Carter Hart, started goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers on today, and we talked about some awesome stuff. One is uh, how how players don't like using the word rebuild, although they understand they're in a position like that. I thought there was some really amazing perspective from him on how a player approaches something like that. Um, also, one of my favorite topics, being present, or as he says, being the game. Uh, he gives some incredible insight in this episode uh, from a goaltender uh, point of view as a professional about how to get the best out of himself. Um, also, his team first mentality. I'm just reading my notes here because it was so good. Uh, and then the importance of communication on a team, not just from the goaltender to the, to the defenseman, but to the coaching staff and everyone around. There is a lot of gold in this episode. Uh, and you're really going to enjoy it. And remember, if you love this show, if you love this community, make sure you join our Facebook community. It's called Our Kids Play Hockey on Facebook. Uh, and make sure that you give us those five-star reviews and share the episodes with anyone that could uh, gain value from listening to these. Again, our, our goal is to spread these messages and to make sure that as a hockey community, we're growing and doing better together. And uh, this episode is another great uh, uh, volume, if you will, into that mission. So here we go. It's Our Kids Play Goalie with Carter Hart. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another episode of Our Kids Play Goalie, the hit sitcom based off of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias here with Mike Benelli, and our guest today has a short intro, but a powerful one. We are joined by World Junior Championship gold medalist and the starting goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers, Carter Hart. Carter, welcome to Our Kids Play Goalie. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, man, it's, it's great to have you here. I, I got I to gotta start with the obvious question <laughs> that, that my whole... Uh, Crowd and family will jump on me if I don't ask. But look, there's been a lot of changes in the Flyers organization in uh, in recent years, in recent weeks. Uh, and from where I sit, it seems that an identity is starting to form for the future of that club. Uh, you know, the word rebuild has been thrown around a lot. Uh, Keith Jones recently said, you know, the Flyers are coming back, which is really exciting. So hockey fans get to see very little of what goes on outside of games, outside of practices, outside of press conferences. So my first question for you is what is something that no one sees or realizes about a team in transition like the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's kind of said it there that we're we're entering that kind of rebuild stage. Uh, it's something that we've been kind of avoiding the last few years. Um, I mean, with, everyone knows how we finished the last few years, and it's nowhere near where we want to be. Uh, we still want to be playing this time of year, but um, I think we're we're making the right steps to to build a better future and, and a future that um has the flyers consistently being a playoff team and a playoff contender 
And I think we're, we're, we're making the right steps. Uh, Torts has been great for us this year on the bench. Uh, Danny there at the end of the year coming in. I mean, Chuck's a great man. You never want to see anybody lose their job, but um, Danny is a very smart hockey man. And I think he's going to be uh, huge in, in turning this around and, and then hiring Jonesy there. Um, I mean, Jonesy travels with us on the plane. He's been with, with these to TNT and with NBC Philly, and he's been on the commentating side for a little while now, but played the game, played for the Flyers, another smart hockey man. And he's a, he's a beauty too. So uh, we're, we're excited to have these guys uh, kind of leading the charge, uh, turning this around. Do you find it challenging at all when it comes to fans? And again, the, the fact that, you know, everyone has an opinion, right? But they don't see the work you're putting in. They don't see the work the other guys are putting in. It, it, again, from a day-to-day aspect, is that something you don't think fancies that, you know, obviously the players care, right? But how much energy goes into, in a rebuilding stage of like, you want this too, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everyone throws that rebuild word around now a little bit more loosely. And it's not a word that us as players like to hear or like right. to, uh, on a daily basis. Um, so I think it's something that uh, obviously it's, we're in that stage. Uh, there's no avoiding it, but um, we want to turn this thing around as quick as we can and become a contender and a, a playoff team on a regular basis. And um, guys this year, I think we made some big steps with our young guys, our young players coming in. Tip had a great year. Uh, he, he had a really a, a really good breakout season. Morgan Frost, a lot of skill. Uh, Farabee found his game at the end. Uh, even some young guys coming up and playing some games with, with Ronnie and with Igor Zamula came in and, and played really solid. So um, even Tyson Forrester, I can't forget him. Uh, he's, he's a beauty as well and uh, played some uh, big games for us there at, at the end and scored some nice goals. And uh, no, I think our, our pipeline has guys that are, are going to step in uh, maybe not right away, but uh, in the future and, and just, they need some seasoning first and some experience and, and so they be, can become a huge part of our team going forward. And um, I think that's something that, that Danny realizes and understands. And, and that's just kind of where we are now. Um, but like I said, like this year, uh, a lot of big steps, a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of growth with, with those guys. And, and I mean, you look at our team and, and great group of guys this year, like in the room, we had a great room of guys and, and we stuck together. And I think that's why we, uh, we weren't, Obviously not where we want to be, but um, I mean, we were like four or five points out of a playoff spot mm-hmm. right around uh, the all-star break and no one even thought we'd be there. They thought be, we'd be way at the bottom. So um, I, I think kudos to, to, to our group for, for sticking with it, even at the end there, um, just grinding it out and some, some, some wins against some big, uh, some good teams this year. And, and right. Uh, I mean, maybe we're not the most skilled group, and I think people realize that, especially this year. Um, but we're no one's no one's going to outwork us, and and I think that's the mentality going forward when we do become better. That has to stay with us, right? You know, Cutter, I'll say this: culture also always has to be built before the wins happen, right? And you can bring in as much yeah. talent to a team as you want, but if the culture is not there. Uh, it's not going to pan out. And and I think just as a viewer last season, there's clearly a culture. There's clearly effort every game, right? So that's exciting from a fan point of view to see. Um, as a coach, as a player myself, 
you know, you know, that has to be there. Or it's not going to work. And, and again, you're leading that that charge uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, I do want to turn topics now because I want to talk about you and your life, especially for our audience. Um, something unique I found when I was researching you is at the age of 10, 10, now my, my kid's nine. So he's right there. He's a goaltender, right? You were trained by a sports psychologist. Um, what were some of the key lessons you were taught early at that age on, on, you know, mentally that has impacted your game and even your life? Yeah. So, I mean, I started working with a guy there at a young age. He was my goalie coach, uh, John. Uh, and then, and then he, he was a sports psychologist as well. And um, so I, I was kind of exposed to that world at a pretty early age. And I think that's, that's been a, a huge part of my life on and off the ice um, just with how I carry myself and how I live my day-to-day -day life. But um, I work with a guy now uh, based out of Vancouver, Walter Aguilar and, um, this year he's, he's been a huge help for me. And, uh, once a week we, we chat throughout the year and, and just on zoom call and, um, just to have another voice to talk to, whether it's about hockey, what's going on in my life or, or anything else. Uh, it's, it's just kind of nice to have somebody to talk to that's, uh, maybe not your, your parents or somebody that, uh, you can tell, uh, some things that maybe you don't want to tell your parents, but, um, he, he, he's been a big help and, and, uh, for me, the biggest thing that I learned this year is uh, when I'm at my best is when I'm just being and I'm just playing the game. No, I'm not playing the game. I'm being the game. Mm. Um, I have uh, no inner focus. My my focus is completely outer and I'm just completely present. Love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, just the way you speak to, you know, obviously – you know, and I, and I could hear it in your voice too. And I, I certainly, I know from as a coaching perspective and, and a player perspective, we never want to hear about, you know, rebuilds, right? And I'm always thinking, well, you know, if we refit, rephrased it more for a refit, right? About, okay, well, who, what pieces can we replace and what pieces can we, you know, improve on and what pieces do we like? And we just have to kind of fit those pieces together. And you alluded to it a little bit about where some of the players were uh, and how they progressed throughout the year. And I guess my, you know, and so so the, the really the defensemen really are really where you kind of have to communicate the most with, right? I mean, they're 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 the players that uh, you know that, that I think if you're on the same page with them, that refit helps, right? Having guys back there that are supporting you, they know you're supporting them, and I just maybe real quick just to talk to the audience because we obviously we have goaltenders listening, parents of goaltenders, but also players and defensemen. You know, what are some of the steps that you ensure? Uh, that you can, you know, what are some of the strategies maybe that you use with your defensemen and, and maybe related to a youth level too, right? Is that, you know, obviously we don't have the meetings and the the time, you know, to to really have hours with our defensemen, but what are some of the strategies that you, you would use as a goaltender uh, to communicate uh, with your defensemen and, and make sure that is the right fit during the season? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is communication. Um, I mean, you said it, it's, it's the biggest thing between a goaltender and, and a defenseman there. Their defensemen are your best friends out there. Uh, they they're the ones blocking shots in front of you. Uh, they're the ones saving some goals sometimes when you're when you're slimming or flopping out of the net. Um, and I think behind the net, playing the puck, uh, you have to be on the same page. And that's something that you work on. And uh, when new guys come in, come in and out of the lineup, uh, like we saw towards the end of the year, uh, that's just kind of something I just kind of quickly talk to them and and make sure that they're on the same page and they know the calls and. Um, so that we're all on the same page. And I mean, anytime that I can go behind the net and help break out the player, 
um, help them so they don't have to retrieve a puck and get crushed along the boards. I'm going to try and do that because uh, they 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 do a lot for us and, and they're a, a huge part of our team. And um, like there's guys that play 25, 27 minutes a night and they're playing a lot. And anything I can do to go out there and, and help them and uh, save them, save their bodies, uh, it's it's from communication. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah, so, you know, that being said, you know, especially at the youth level, right, we most always have two goalies. And so, I've, you know, you've seen on the NHL level that you see certain defensemen feel comfortable with one goal or the other, or they play differently, actually, right, in front of a goalie. If you're a goalie that can come out and play the puck or you're somebody that's more, you know, wants to freeze the puck more and or you control rebounds differently than another goaltender, you know, just based off of your relationship with other goaltenders, you know, are you using the same verbiage? Like, the, is it the two goaltenders and the defenseman and strategizing, you know, how you want to play? Or is there a distinct difference between, hey, I'm in the net, this is how I'm going to play, and that guy's in the net, and this is how he's going to play? And do you see the big difference in how defensemen then def- defend in the zone? Yeah, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody plays a different style um, in the net, behind the net, playing the puck. Uh, I mean, for me, like, our our communication stays the same between me, Felix, and and all our defensemen um, in the net, in the play, like we kind of have our own structure, our own system that we play by. And that's something that I've, uh, I mean, this year was a little different with torts behind the bench, um, but we're on the same page. Like we go through it in video. Uh, we talk about it um, almost on a daily basis uh, with, with Shazi, who's our D coach and PK coach. Um, like, I think that's, that's really important that, uh, you're on the same page with your defenseman. They're on the same page with you. You understand them. You know who's out there for you. Um, I think that that's really important. You know, if I can jump in, Carter, it, it, it's happened on a few things that are really uh, important to me as a coach. Uh, one is that you're alluding there has to be a trust between you and your teammates, number one. Number two, how important communication is, how it happens often. It happens daily. Uh, you know, we need to create more environments for our younger players to understand that. Um, and then the other thing you said earlier in the episode was that, you know, being the game, being present. Um, I think present moment awareness is essential if you want to succeed at anything at a professional level. So my question for you is this, and, and I'm, I'm interested in two parts to this. One is, is that something you practice on your own? And is it something that you, you know, no, notice your teammates do as well? Because I think to achieve present moment awareness, you have to practice it all the time. It doesn't just, you know, snap your fingers, I'm in a game and I'm present, Right. So how do you how do you practice that and how does the team practice that? Uh, I mean, everybody's different. Um, I mean, for me personally, like I really got into meditation this year. Uh, I use this tool called Muse. Uh, it's a headband that you wear that tracks your brain signals. Hmm. You attach it to your, it's connected to your phone to an app. Uh, you put on your headphones, and the one I use uh, is uh, an unguided meditation. Uh, Ten minutes before bed. Uh, 10 minutes in the morning and then 10 minutes when I wake up from my pregame nap on game day. Um, So you're pretty much just practicing being in the zone. Um, The one I use uh, plays uh, campfire noises louder when you're thinking more and then plays birds singing when you're, uh, when your uh, mind is quiet. That's amazing. I think that's, that's been a, a really good tool to essentially practice being in that flow state in the zone. I love that. And I'll tell you why, because again, when it comes to physical fitness, 
you know, we all know what to do, right? We all know what we need to do to stay physically fit or adversely not stay fit. I don't think we do enough of it mentally. And I love it. Like you said, it just what three times a day you do that, right? Uh, just to continue to stay in a present state. So I think for all the young people listening, actually everybody listening, this isn't limited to just, just young hockey players. You know, this is something you can practice. It's practiced at the elite professional level uh, with a pretty damn good goaltender. If I can add, like, I think, please, yeah, like it's for me, like I've struggled with sleep in the past and, and that's a, the, probably the biggest part of your body and your recovery is, has been sleep. And one thing I noticed this year is being able to, to play more games. I think I played the most amount in my career in a season this year and then play more consistently. And I think I credit that to my, some of my sleep, mm -hmm. um, doing meditations in the morning makes you more present throughout the day kind of gets you going when you wake up and then my meditation at night just clears my mind and I'm able to fall asleep like that. And right. in the past, I'm usually been a guy that I'll try and read before bed and then my brain's just racing. And right. I, next thing I know, it's like an hour and a half. You're still not asleep. Yeah. And think, and think about how much control you have as a professional athlete. And then think about when you were 13, 14 years old and you're in the car with your parents and you're driving home from 1130 at night practice and you just got off the ice or it's a tournament game and it ended at 930 on a Friday night and the next game is going to be at 730 the next morning. I mean, think about how important sleep is to the teenage body. And, and, you know, not only a professional athlete, right? So using these type of tools and, and these type of techniques, you know, really does add so much. And we talk about nutrition, we talk about physical fitness, and we talk about, you know, mental acuity and, and just mental, you know, your ability mentally to stay in the game. But one of these, obviously, we don't talk enough about, and, and you could maybe allude to it even more, is that the ability to find a way to get to sleep and clear your mind, how much that prepares you for your next day of training and you know what maybe what you know obviously if a youth player can't afford muse or, or afford a system like this like what are some other like out of the box things that they could do you know to help them with this type of strategy i mean one of them i guess would be not being on instagram until 11 30 at night <laughs> right i mean you're shutting the phone down and it sounds like you've been able to do that as a professional athlete uh, but maybe some advice for those kids out there that maybe can't you know, get access to this, you know, these other types of tools. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's important that you find a, find a routine, uh, a sleep routine, whether that's just reading before bed for 15, 20 minutes, and then go on YouTube. You can find hundreds of, of meditations or guided meditations, unguided um, for sleep. Like they're, they're all over there. And I, that's what I first started with. Um, I remember doing those coherent breathing meditations when I was, 14, 15 years old and just off of YouTube, off of YouTube track. And um, I think that's, that's really important that you find that, that routine and what works for you. Um, like I, I've kind of had my own routine that I've played with um, over the years, change things in and out as I get older or uh, what works for me and what doesn't. But I kind of found one where I just, I take a, a hot shower before bed, an hour and a half before bed. I do the last two minutes of the shower, cold shower. I get out, uh, I read for about 20, 30 minutes, and then I do my 10-minute meditation, and then I'm usually asleep within the next 15 minutes. Yeah, so when my son listens to this, I'll have to watch his showers because I think well, you're, you're always his first pick on uh, NHL uh, 23 right now. So uh, maybe 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 that's going to – maybe that will add to it a little bit more, just understanding, you know, all these little strategies you can use, you know, to, to help you get to sleep and – and, and, and find ways to, you know, clear your mind and your body just to prepare for the next day. 
yeah for sure and i mean i think that's that's a huge part of of training of being ready the next day whether it's game day or practice day or whatever whatever you have the next day um and that's something that i've learned uh the last i've learned the hard way i remember during the covid year i wasn't sleeping at all mm. like i was getting getting like this was in 2021 when we played the half season and i remember i was getting like four or five hours of sleep a night after a game for practice or whatever it was and i remember just feeling like crap like for a lot of the year and i had a terrible year and i started to figure it out towards the end and uh with my sleep and, and getting things on track and trying different things and um i mean i i I heard LeBron James talk about it where he's getting, I think, 10 to 11 hours mm -hmm. of sleep a night. That's a little bit on the other extreme side, but I mean, he's 38 years old. He's a, a, fr a freak of nature and uh, he's still performing at a lights out level. So, yeah, I remember JJ uh, Watt a few years back. You know, he was on uh, the HBO specials about this football team. And I remember him saying to one of his teammates, Oh, no, my life's really boring. I pretty much practice, I eat, and I sleep every day. And I try and get <laughs> nine, nine, 10 hours in a night. Uh, you know, and, and I appreciate you sharing all this because you're going to teach these younger kids and families stuff that you didn't know, like you said. Um, and I got to ask this question because you brought it up. What, what what does Carter Hart read? What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading The Power of Now by awesome. Eckhart <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's a it's a book about being present. Right. That's um, one of my favorites. So I, yeah. So I, I try to read books that are kind of helpful and stuff that I'm doing in my life and. Um, I was also reading the early in the year, I was reading the, uh, uh, the Bob Probert, uh, uh, biography there and, mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really cool book. And, um, yeah, so just trying to read stuff that I'm interested in or right. Stuff Have like you read that. Keith Jones's book yet? <laughs> I haven't. No, yeah, no. It's hilarious. You know, <laughs> no, I have to, that, he, that yeah, he's yeah. our president. He's, yeah, right. he's probably, he's probably going to give us all a copy on our first day in camp. Yeah, you better have it in your small, <laughs> maybe. You have to get the the updated edition, including his years as flyer president. Uh, last yeah. question for me, Carter. I know we're we're running short on time here. Um, again, my son's nine years old. He's been playing goalie two seasons. Loves it. Right. Uh, speaking to every kid in his position right now, like what's something you wish you knew then that you know now that you think a nine year old, a ten year old could apply to their game today? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think I think for me is enjoy enjoy your time. Like, don't try to rush. I remember when I was a little bit younger being, oh, I cannot wait to get to the next level. I cannot wait to become a junior hockey player. I can't wait to become a pro hockey player. And now I look back and even just catching up the other week, I'm catching up with some some old friends that I played minor hockey with that I hadn't seen in probably five, six years. Um, just reminiscing on the days where you just go to the rink, you put on your gear, you got, you just came home from school, your mom's taking you to the rink put on your gear and you're just going out and having fun with your, with your friends. And we miss those days where you go out and there's not a, a worry in the world. And uh, I think it's a little bit easier at, at that age, just to go out and, and just have fun and just play. Um, and I think that's something that often gets overlooked and, and forgotten about once you become a higher level athlete. And it's something that needs to stay important and needs to, it needs to stay fun. Once it's once it stops being fun, then um, why even play? So, um, I would say just enjoy your time with your friends and uh, make the most of it, and work as hard as you can. And the players in front of you will work just as hard for you. That's a fantastic answer.
And I think parents and kids both need to hear that. Mike, do you have any more before I, before I close it out? No, nah, I mean, I just, I, 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 you know, your perspective is, uh, is great. We really appreciate your time coming on here and uh, wish you the best of luck and the new, the new group down there and, uh, and the start of the season and have a, have a safe and um, productive off season. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. The future is clearly bright in Philadelphia right now, Carter, you're a massive heartbeat part of that and spine, whatever metaphor we want to use. So appreciate you coming on today and give us the time. We'll make sure we're going to get you a copy of Jonesy, the book, just so you can have it. I, sure, I want you yeah. to show up with it. I read your book, Keith, day one. He'll appreciate that. He's a funny guy, but Carter Hart, thanks so much for uh, joining us on our kids play goalie today. It's a real honor. Um, and uh, we look forward to watching you this year. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Goalie. For Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias, and that's Carter Hart. Thank you for being here today. If you want to hear more of Our Kids Play Goalie or our new show, Ride to the Rink, or the main show, Our Kids Play Hockey, check out ourkidsplayhockey.com for all episodes or whatever podcast provider you listen on. They're all there under that Our Kids Play Hockey moniker. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.